and an article about our world-famous White Marlin Open in Ocean City, Maryland. It was just this week, the last week of October. This article was speaking about the uh, administrators of that tournament uh, deciding that they were going to pay out all the winners. Now, it's only been two months, right? But everyone that won prize money, they were going to get paid. Uh, now, why was that a national story? Maybe an international story? Because of what happened last year. If you remember last year in the White Marlin Open, uh, the winner, uh, actually there were some controversy. There's some rules. There's some rules that, that you have, you know, because of all these great fish stories, right? There's some rules. You can fish only on certain times and certain places, and you have like four or five days to fish three days, and, and so you got to make sure everybody's playing by the same rules and the same kind of bait and the same kind of lines and the same kind of hooks and all that. And so it's not just about bringing a fish into being weighed. And so last year when they uh, there were some protests and then the winner failed a lie detector test, right? So they went to court and all that. And uh, as it stands now, the 2016 winner is not paid and probably is not going to be. Uh, as that worked its way through the court system. Well, this year, um, any, and, and all years, the way they do it is if you're going to win $50,000 or more, you are subject to a lie detector test. It wasn't just last year, uh, but it's, it's every year. And uh, between the tournament the first week of, of August and, and now, uh, someone did fail a lie detector test again. One of those winners, not the big winner, but one of them. Uh, but then they since had uh, passed a second test and, and all as well. And so the point of this, for our purposes, is in this article, it said the tournament directors of the White Marlin Open determined that they wanted to protect the integrity of the tournament so they were going to pay everybody. Because if they didn't pay out last year, and they didn't pay out in 2017, one year is, let's protect the tournament, two years we're starting to have a scandal. Right? They were scandalizing the whole thing, and uh, the future of the tournament could be in jeopardy because of that scandal. And so it is that sets the stage for our big fish story here in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, where Jesus himself gets involved in our Yikes series. And we thought all these strange and weird and creepy stories were just in the Old Testament, right? In the New Testament. Because we're all Christians, we're very sophisticated, right? Amen? Amen. Oh no, there are some weird and creepy, strange things in the New Testament as well. And even Jesus gets involved in this uh, kind of miracle story here. Uh, and so we're gathered in a time when there was a thing called the temple tax. And the temple tax was controversial by the time Jesus was walking around. Uh, but the temple tax, just in short, uh, was a once-a-year tax for all Jewish men 20 years and older that helped maintain uh, the temple, the maintenance of the temple. And it was controversy because people interpreted the law in different ways, and, and they really didn't do much to you if you didn't pay the tax. And some people thought, well, it's just a, a one-time-in-your-life tax. When you reached age 20, you paid it. Um, and so, but they didn't really throw you in jail if you didn't pay it or anything like that. And so there were just kinds of weird controversies and scandals around the temple tax. 
Um, and so that's where Jesus and his disciples find themselves. Uh, but with the leadership and the Pharisees always trying to catch Jesus in a country, uh, we find ourselves on the edge of one here with this passage. When the leadership, the Pharisees or the leadership, they come and um, they connect with Peter. And so they walk up to Peter as if he's the spokesman for the group. And they ask him directly, Peter, does your buddy, Jesus, pay the temple tax? And I don't know exactly what was going to happen if, if Peter answered one way or another. Um, but they were trying to, to get, get a lead on him here a little bit in this. Uh, does your teacher pay the temple tax? Peter announces up, and this is the way all of you should answer. Out in the community, and somebody's asking you something about Melissa and I, you say, well, yes, my pastor does. <laughs> if it's a good thing. If it's a bad thing, no, my pastor doesn't. So if you don't remember anything else from this sermon today, remember that. Defend us. Defend us at Walmart. That would be much appreciated. <laughs> Wherever you are. So Peter defends his teacher and says, yes. And then when Peter and Jesus get some quiet time together, um, they have a little further conversation. And Jesus kind of takes it to uh, their earthly realm and says, From whom do earthly kings collect taxes? From their children or from strangers? And so basically what Jesus is doing here is saying, you know, let's think about royalty. Let's think about kings and queens. You know, when it's time to collect the tax, do they go to their sons and daughters and say, hey, pay up? No. They go to the common folk, right? Hey, we're okay. Kate's our resident expert on royalty. Right? That's right. So no, they don't go to their prince and princesses to get the taxes. They go out into the lands of the common people. And so well, that's a strange thing, but you know, but we go further. Um, and Peter says, well, from strangers. And then Jesus says, then the children don't have to pay. And so, just taking a little leap here, so I think what Jesus is saying is, this is my father's house. This is my father's temple. Why would I pay a tax? And why would I pay a tax? And further, why would you are all children of God now? Because you're following me. Why would you have to pay a tax? Don't pay a tax to our own king. Alright, we're part of the, if we have royal blood, like king, hey, don't pay the tax. But, there's always a but. The stories. However, one of my favorite words in the Bible that's not this passage, nevertheless, nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, so that we don't give offense, but just so we don't offend them, just to avoid a scandal, Jesus is saying. Hey, let's, not, uh, let's not call it a scandal here. The Greek word actually sounds like our English word scandal. Scandal this. I don't think that was proper grammar, but you get the point. In order not to do that, go out to the lake. Go to the lake. Cast your hook. Be an angler. Use a hook and a line. The first fish that you catch, when you pull it out, take it off the hook, open up its mouth, and there's going to be a coin in it. And miraculously, this coin is going to be enough for, in the, in the words of Richard Ross, just for you and I to pay our taxes. Forget everybody else. 
But Peter, you know the text. So we don't know what the other disciples did or whoever else, but Peter and Jesus were good because of this fish. And so this was Jesus' way of not really commenting on further on whether we should or shouldn't. He's already established that we really don't have to. Like you're part of the royal family, as Kay puts it. Royal family. But he didn't really go in and say, like, but no, let's avoid making this tax and let's move on to more important things. And Jesus is actually going to start moving on towards the cross, and that's the main thing. So let's not get arrested here or get in trouble with the Pharisees here. Let's pay the tax and just move on to more important things. Amen? And so they do that by the miraculous fish catch. The miraculous fish pulling the coin out of the first fish that Peter caught. Now just for a second. So this month we looked at witches and giants Magic sticks, fallen angels, ghosts, and talking donkeys. And we've had to wrestle with those and figure out what in the world is God trying to teach us through these weird, creepy, and strange stories. How in the world did these things happen? Give to the power of God. And we've wrestled with that and had some fun with that. But of all of those stories, this is the one that wouldn't work for us today. There is no way Billy could go down and pull out a coin for just the right amount to pay his temple tax. You know why? Because as soon as he pulled that coin out, he owed taxes on that catch. <laughs> he had to go back to Jesus and say, hey, we need another fish, buddy. <laughs> right? But that's the way life goes for us free people, right? The gospel lesson shows us Another coin of Jesus. And I think that's where this fish story can help you and I today. We've seen the side of Jesus, and a lot of times you and I, we like to remember this side of Jesus the most. Because sometimes in our everyday life, it's the most beneficial. We've seen the Jesus that comes into the temple, and in the gospel, we're going to see it, and then flip over the head. Then there are robbers, and he flips over the... What are you making a mockery of my temple? And he flips over the tables and gets mad as a horn, Jesus does. Jesus is never mean, but Jesus gets angry. Turn to your partner and say that. Jesus is never mean, but Jesus gets angry. Jesus is never mean, but Jesus gets angry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the funniest passage in all the gospel is is when Jesus goes up to the fig tree and he's hungry. Mm -hmm. This is the way Pastor Melissa gets now that she's pregnant. But she's hungry and she opens up the right? The fig tree was barren and he curses the fig tree. He curses part of God's creation. I mean, that's, that's the sign I call on Jesus when we need the angry thing. I'm so angry. In the name of God, I'm angry. You and I are very good at it. Well, this is the other side of the coin of Jesus. This is, let's not cause an offense. What? We'll fight another day. This is the Jesus that we'll see in the garden when he tells his disciples to put the swords away. Don't defend me. Let's move on to the next phase of the story. 
this is the side of the coin that the Quakers will avoid uh, fighting and war and battle. This is the side of the coin that balances out you and I when we be so angry. This is the, let's avoid the scandal. Let's stop fighting. Let's stop arguing. Let's stop yelling at each other in the name of God. And let's keep the main thing, the main thing, which is the gospel of Jesus, which says that Jesus died for you and I because we're sinners. Amen? Always fighting wears people out. It wears them out. It wears you out. It's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for you. It wears people out in everyday life. I mentioned Pastor, I picked on Pastor Wilson already for her photographic memory being hard to live with. Well, I'm hard to live with too. I know it's hard for you to believe. Because <laughs> I like to argue. So she'll just make a simple statement or she's trying to just unload something and I go right into fight mode. Fighting, fighting for the, my rights or fighting for her or whatever. It doesn't matter. But fight, fight, fight. And that wears her down. So I finally have to say, enough, enough, shut up. <laughs>
Translated as stumbling block, he said, don't be a stumbling block to others we're trying to spread this news to. And he says it beautifully in chapter 14, stop judging each other. And this is about the food laws. So that's an example. Don't be fighting. Don't call scandal over what you should eat, you shouldn't eat, what you should drink, what you shouldn't drink, and all those things. Don't work, don't get involved in those kind of things. It's about the gospel. Just let it be and move on. When in Rome, do as the, do as the Romans do. If somebody's holding those laws, let them hold it. If somebody's giving them up, let them give them up. But make it be all about the gospel of Jesus. That side of the coin, Apostle Paul uh, calls on for Jesus. Not the fighting, but the don't cause an offense to somebody else. Don't be a stumbling block. And he moves on uh, from there. Stop judging. Don't be a stumbling block or an obstacle on the way to your brother or sisters. I know and I'm convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is wrong to eat it in itself. But if someone thinks something is wrong to eat, it becomes wrong for that person. If your brother or sister is upset by your food, you are no longer walking in love. And so on and so forth. God's kingdom isn't about eating food and drinking. You can substitute any controversy in for that. Any scandal. Potentially scandal. But about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So this side of the coin from the Apostle Paul, the, the coin from the fish story of Jesus, for him means righteousness, peace, and joy. What does it mean for you? What does it mean for me? And so as we honor this passage, this great fish story, as we honor the song the choir saying, we are the, the church, we are part of the royal priesthood, we are called to go out. And when we do so, let's go out with both sides of this coin. Not always ready to be in a fight that causes scandal and distracts people from the gospel, but also ready for that peace and joy and righteousness that comes from just not being an offense and living to fight another day. Take both sides of the coin with And then you and I can be like the greatest evangelist of all time, the Apostle Paul. And we too can spread the gospel of Jesus the Christ. Nothing is more important than Jesus dying on the cross for you and I. Let us live another day to tell that story to someone. Amen? Amen. Now, as a response and an act of our faith, we're going to stand and join together in professing the Apostles' Creed. So 